we are holding the next next parak, Parak Shlishi. Baruch Hashem, page fifty-eight. <clears throat> the uh, Parak Sheni was of extreme importance. We're going to chazer actually a little bit the safer. The Baal Chavos Levavos, he himself chazers over a little bit now. The shares of Fuashlema Parnas Hashana Fuashlema for Brian Deleya Bas Yehudas Ariella. And another one I can't find right now. Okay. Oh, I have it over there. This is, this is like my weak point over here. Also, it's a bracha v'atzlacha Takiva Yosef and Natalia and Eliana Zahav Bas Natalia. They should find the shidduch. Bracha and aslacha. Okay. So let's just get into it right now. <clears throat> let's read the, uh, we'll read the Hagdama on page 58. To whet our appetite, of course, it's going to take a few weeks to get into all the inyana, but to see what's what's to come. So he says in the first part of this of this chapter, the author lists and elaborates five concepts that a person must understand properly and believe fully in, and fully in order to have proper trust in Hashem. So this is going to be a little bit of a hakdama. Uh, I'm sorry, a chazara from last week and the week before that, which is very important, <clears throat> and that's going to take us a little bit of time. And then we're going to get to a, a major, major topic in the entire Sefer, hopefully a change of perspective, or at least the beginning of a change of perspective, and something that we spend most of our life doing. He then offers two reasons as to why Hashem wants a person to make his own efforts to obtain his livelihood. We're going to get to the sugi of Parnassah. Why do we need to make a Parnassah? We'll get to all the questions when we get there. And how truly righteous people are are the exception to this rule and are, generally speaking, not required to make these efforts. So that's going to be exciting. The next part of the chapter explains how this tenet fits in with reality as we know it, where we see that righteous people do go through much hardship in order to obtain their livelihood, as well as why many wicked people have easy and pleasant lives. One of the biggest questions that people have, and it's a big, big test in our bitachon, that sugya of why do good people have bad things happen to them? Why do wicked people prosper? So that's the third part of the parak, which is huge. And then the end of the chapter discusses the ways in which a person should go about choosing an occupation, as well as the attitude he should adopt while involved in this occupation. Some are like, oh, it's too late now. But it's never too late. First of all, it's never too late. And secondly, we learn this, everything we learn in life is A, for ourselves, and B, for others. Lomid amanas lilmod. Lilmod amanas lalamid. We have to learn for ourselves. We also have to learn to teach others, whether it's children, whether it's people that surround us that we talk to that don't have the right hashkafa, and we can, you know, enlighten them with, with new ideas and truth and truths and emes. So even if we think that we're stuck, we will still be able to find how we're not really stuck. But even if we really find that we're stuck, we could still help others. Okay, a lot to do in this parak. Very, very big. So we start with Siyat Adishmaya. The five factors that obligate trust in Hashem. There are five concepts which when properly understood and realized to be true. First, understanding. First, we have to understand. That's very important key. That there's a first Understanding, letting the information come in, settling down, asking questions about it, answering questions, 
then to also realize that it's true, to believe in what you're understanding. Right? I can understand something, I can be total sheker. First I have to understand and then say, do I believe this is good or not good? Should I go with this, not go with this? So when, when properly understood and realized to be true, will cause a person to have complete trust in Hashem. Right? Bitachon takes a lot of intellectual work at first, and then slowly but surely, we allow it to go into our heart, which is the goal. Achas mehen. The first one. So now, in last parak, we, we spoke about seven. Now we're going to mention the number five. These are going to be the five main nekudas that we have to constantly live with. How do you live with it? If you understand it, and we let it download into our brain and then download into our heart. Listen to what he says here. Achaz mehen sheyamen v'yizbarer etzlo. Hiskabtsus hashiva inyonem belokim. Asher b'hiskabtsum b'misha botchem bo yitochen l'vtoach alov. Uchvar zichartim v'hariosi aleihem b'mashin izdamili min hakosu v'hem. The first of them. He must believe and clearly recognize that Hashem possesses all seven qualities all of which, when present, when present, enable a person to trust in Him. I already mentioned them in the previous chapter and commented on them, citing verses that were available to me, which state that Hashem possesses these qualities. So, first and foremost, we have to understand. Listen to what he says over here. Achas man shiyamin v'yizbar. I'm very makbid to understand each word. Um, generally, I try. But each word has a different understanding. Sheyamin v'yizbar. Yamin is a lashon emuna. Yizbar is a lashon of what's to be mevarer. To what? To clarify, to separate, to clarify, to understand deeply. Now let's read this. Let's read this note on the bottom. They they make it very very nice here. Believing clearly recognize. A person believes, which is emuna, because of the scriptural verses that support the proposition. Last week, two weeks ago, we, we mentioned psukim to support, to back up all of the, you know, tenets, I guess that's the word, of, and the conditions that the Baal Chavos Avavos was teaching us why we should trust in the Kaddish Baruch Hu, the seven reasons. He brought back up psukim. We have to believe. We believe in the Torah, and therefore we believe in that which the Chavos Avavos explained that these, what these pasuk, psukim are speaking about and what they're referring to. So that's our belief. Could you ask questions on what he said? Of course you could ask questions. You could ask questions this way, that way. But we believe in how he learned the psukim. He recognizes, v'yizbar, he clarifies, he understands. It's more of an analytical type of um, you know, brain work. He recognizes it when it is dictated by rational thinking. We discussed this last week. That a person has to go through these inyanam on his own. The Baal Chavos says, you could really come up with these on your own. Right? A rational thinker, a logical thinker can think up of these seven conditions that Hashem is compassionate on us, that He knows the best for us, that He's been with us since the beginning of time. You could come up with these on your own if you understand Eino Movado. Right? Once you understand Eino Movado and then you start to expand it in your brain, this is what we discussed last week, you could come up with it. Yet, He still was going to show us Psukim. So the Psukim brought us to an Amuna in case we don't fully grasp it like we discussed last week. We don't always understand with our das, so therefore we need, we need the psukim, and we have to believe in the psukim. But then we should not just let, rest on our laurels, we have to delve into it rationally, logically, use our God-given brain. It's not gaiva, it's our God-given brain and das that he gave us. And our brain is also a messenger, 
to help us to understand and go through and journey through this world. So he recognizes it when it is dictated by rational thinking, which means you actually have to think. The verses were cited in the previous chapter. Fine. In this chapter, the author approaches these principles from a logical perspective. Good. Now listen to what he says. Hasidism teaches that man's comprehension of God can happen in two manners. The comprehension of God, of Hashem, can happen in two manners. Belief, imuna, and rational comprehension, seichel or chabad, chokhma, bina, and das. Right? Which is... which. We can use and we can grasp our analytical type of thinking, our whatever the different translations are of Chacham Bin Adas, with each method having a distinct quality over the other. The superior quality of rational comprehension is its, is its resonance. We discussed this last week. The person mentally processes it and relates to it on a personal level. He understands it deeper. You take a Yisod, there's a Yisod, there's some, some idea, and now I don't just believe in it. I start to think about it. I start to ask questions on it. Does it apply to me? Where does it apply to me? How does it apply to me? Is it the same in every situation? You start to go to sugya, and you learn that kernel of knowledge, bi'iyun. Not in a Gemara, but in, in your own self. And in that way, it, you become not only connected to it because of your involvement in thinking, by when you think about something, you're connecting to it. If I think about this cup of water, right now, my mind is on this, I'm not saying anything, I'm just looking at it, I'm thinking about it, we've, we've become connected, right? So merely from the fact that we're thinking about something, we're connected to it, but not only that, I start to think about how this water will affect my life. Yes, I could talk about water, clearly, how water helps the whole world, but also how this water is going to help me in my life. I become now personally connected to it which is the goal of Bitochen. The goal of Bitochen is to become personally, personally, intimately connected with a Kaddish Baruch, a father to a son. So the person mentally processes it and relates to it on a personal level. The disadvantages of rational comprehension is its limitations to human intellect. We're limited. We only know so much. Which will not and cannot always process the infinite truth of Hashem. We're supposed to try. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to try. But we have to know as we're trying, we are limited. And that's okay. And we're supposed to be limited. Because in that case, we get to use our emuna. If we understood everything, we would never have the concept of emuna. I think the Kutzka said a line, maybe you can, you can correct me on it. The Kutzka said such a line like, I don't want a God that humans can understand. A Lushan like that, a Kutzka line. I don't want a God who <clears throat> humans can understand. Because then God would be human. And then that doesn't go. The superiority quality of belief, emuno, lies in our connection with the deepest truths of Hashem, even if we cannot understand them. We have to take that leap of faith. I don't have to understand that. It's okay if I don't understand. It's okay. No problem. HaKadosh Baruch doesn't want us to always understand. There's a balance to know when we're supposed to, when we're not supposed to. We're supposed to try. But there is a concept called a moon, of course, and it's a tremendous ability for us to connect to it and use it as much as possible. It could be that we have to stop believing in ourselves for a little bit and believe more in a Kaddish Baruch without any understanding. Before I say this line, let me explain. So it's, <clears throat> I can get in trouble for this. When, you, when we're working on anything, and we're, right, there's, 
whenever you're working on a sugya, let's say midos, we can go all the way to the left. We can go all... Let's start with the right. This is the right for you? Yeah, you're right. We can go all... I'm going to confuse here. We can go all the way to the right chesed. We can go all the way to the left gevura. And then we could balance it out in the middle with teferis. Right? We could be the biggest bali chesed, give all the money in the world without paying attention, just give everything, give everything, give everything. Or we could give almost nothing. We'll only give when a guy gives us every single reason to give and he proves to me that he has 12 children and all the bills and he proves everything. I won't give him a cent unless he proves it. Or it could be in the middle where it's a balanced approach. Whatever that balanced approach is. Balanced approach is not... Uh, the rules are, are more difficult. So even when we're working on a sugi called... Let's say the right side. We'll go Emuna. Pure belief in a Kaddish Baruch Hu, pure Amuna. I don't have to understand anything. And then the other side of the scale is, I have to understand everything. Yes? Good scale? Either I believe in a Kaddish Baruch Hu 100%, I don't think about anything, I just go with him. Or I go all the way with my Das, I have to understand everything. And I won't move without that. And then there's the middle. Which is the balance approach, which we're going, of course, going, that's how we understand is logical to live. And we're going to discuss that in a minute. But when we're working on sugyas, let's say we're working on this sugya of this balance. So generally, people are coming to different, everybody's different. Some people are ma'aminim b'nei ma'aminim b'nei ma'aminim b'nei ma'aminim ma'aminim. And they, everything is HaKadosh Baruch they don't have to understand everything. And then you have some people who start off the sugya, they have to mamash understand everything. It doesn't matter, That's everybody's upbringing, their brain, their soul, doesn't matter. But each person has to know that the goal is to get to the middle. So if you're a person who believes in everything mamish without thinking, that's going to be sometimes detrimental. Again, there are no rules here. I can't give, can't give club. But it could be detrimental. So he's going to have to sometimes, the way the Rambam says, he's going to have to go all the way for a certain time period to try to understand as much as he can without Kilu believing in Hashem in order that he comes to the middle. This is the Rambam's approach. right? When you're working on a certain midah to get to the middle, the Shri Hazav, you have to go to the other extreme and then slowly balance it out. You have to break your extreme that you're in right now, whichever way it is. Go to the complete opposite for a little bit of time. It's Kadai to try to maybe do it with a Rebbe or a friend, so at least you don't you know, go off the deep end. At least someone's balancing you from the outside. And then slowly but surely, you bring yourself to the middle. It's, a very, it's very, very important. So, and each person's different. We can't, everybody's different. has to know where he's holding and to know what he needs to work on. So the, the superior quality of belief lies in our connection with the deepest truths of Hashem, even if we cannot understand them. The deepest... The, I can't speak English. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, I don't know what's going on with me today. I'm drinking? Yeah. Oh, I should drink this? No, I, don't, I think you're going to say I'm still drunk from Purim. What? And now I'm so connected. All my seals, breeds, here, that's here, everything, mamish. If one wants to connect to the deepest truths of Hashem, he has to go with Amuna. He has to go with Amuna. The deepest, deepest truths, the truths of Kabbalah, the truths of the deepest, you're going to, for, for a period of time, you have to go with Amuna. And with, with Bitochon, Amuna Bitochon, you're going to have to leave your Das fully for a certain amount of time and just jump into it and eventually we'll come back to the middle. But if we try to hold on to our rational thinking and only rational, logical thinking, we will not be able to take those leaps of Hemun and Bitachon when we're supposed to. 
So we have to just notice, what are the, again, the rules, we're not saying exactly it. The conditions, no. Just, this is an outline and a clearly a general understanding. That to get to a place of Amun and Bitachon, we're going to have to leave our rational thinking for a little bit. And that's okay. Because Bitachon is also a type of thinking. Doesn't mean we're going insane. It's the sugya of Ad Delo Yada. It's the sugya of Ad Delo Yada. That's also very important. And Ad Delo Yada... I'm not going to get into the whole thing now, but Adlo Yada is not just on Purim. If we understand the Sod, the secret, but not the ununderstandable, is that the right word? Not the ununderstandable secret of, of Adlo Yada, but the understandable secret of Adlo Yada, you can use Adlo Yada every day of our life. The Sugya of Bitachon, in a certain way, is the Sugya of Adlo Yada. I don't have to know. What do I have to know? See, we're going to use at the same time, Yediyah and Iyediyah. What do I have to know? Are you following me so far? I have to know that there's a Bariolam, that he runs the world, that he loves me, that he takes care of me, that he knows more about my life than I know, like we learned last parak. That's the Yediyahs. But then with that, I have to sometimes go to a place which I don't understand. I don't understand why this is happening to me. I don't understand. But that's one layer. But then we go to the deeper layer. But I do understand, somehow, this is the best for me. So at the same time, we have to live in the world of Yediyah and no Yediyah, which is called Emunah Bitachon. This is similar to this, what we were talking about a few weeks ago, whether we're supposed to analyze our situations or just have Emunah Pshuta. We're supposed to have, we came to the conclusion we're supposed to have both. And the more we learn about the Sugya, the more we'll properly balance ourselves. Of course, Tefillah is integral. Kadosh Baruch Hu, help me understand. Help me live a life of bitachon. Help me know when to use my yediyah and when not to use my yediyah. Like that's that's the that's the, the goal of life. First, we have to learn how to use yediyahs. We have to learn how to use our amuna, and then the goal is to know when to use each one. That takes even das to know. Okay, let's go back to the note fifty-eight in the bottom here. So again, the superior quality of belief lies in our connection with the deepest truths of Hashem, even if we cannot understand them. It is simply an innate, unquestionable belief. However, the disadvantage of faith alone is its failure to constantly <coughs> dictate our actions because we don't fully comprehend it. It remains a latent belief that does not necessarily surface as real action. And moon, in a certain way, is not graspable. It's when we can't understand, we go into this place of, of not, um, of just emuna. I don't, I don't know what the right word is. So therefore, when a person's going through his journey of life, it's very difficult to just live 100% emuna and not have to understand what he's doing. It's not graspable. It's a person who's just, he just walks with his eyes closed the whole, his whole life. He can't do such a thing. Chabad philosophy and others emphasizes nurturance. nurturance, thank you, of both of these methods. The more we understand of Hashem and relate Him on an intimate level, the more we can strengthen our belief, allowing us to connect to Hashem through belief on the highest levels of His existence. It's the combination. Belief in Hashem does not automatically generate a trust in Him. Emuna does not always lead to bitachon. See, even if they were teaching you Emunah in high school, or post-high school, even if they were, that doesn't mean they were teaching you bitachon. 
because on because faith can be detached with no bearing on how we feel or act. Trust, on the other hand, means that we place all of our concern in Hashem's hands. It is specifically emotional. So when a situation arises and a guy could say, this is a Kaddish Baruch Hu, yet he's sweating and totally anxious and stressed out and getting headaches, so he has a moon and not bitach. Which is okay. We're not ju- Again, we're not judging here. We're just stating what is. You could say, this is a Kaddish Baruch Hu. But it, it's not yet reached his heart. And that could be because you have not downloaded the conditions. Hashem has compassion for me. Hashem loves me. Hashem takes care of me. Hashem knows what's best for me. Hashem is the strongest. No, he, nobody could stop him. No one can hurt or harm me or even help me without him. And when you download that truth <clears throat> truly and really in your heart, that becomes the keys to the emotional control. Right? That's what controls us and gives us that calm, calmness and Yishuf Adas that, we're, that we want with this is a Kaddish Baruch Yes? I don't know if I understand this correctly. So, it refers to rational comprehension. Let's say there's a thousand different reasons why Hashem could have done this to me. So, my work is to, is to know all the different midas of a Kaddish Baruch Working with Chesed is working with... Uh, whatever midah he's, he's working with in the world, to know as much about that as possible. And but not specifically as it relates to me. I can't know which midah he's working with me specifically. That's betochen. So that, the rational comprehension that we need to have and work on and study is the general rules with which HaKadosh Baruch Hu works, runs the world? Love Davka. Love Davka. We have to try to understand Chloe, Prati, as... as to what we can, what we feel we should try, Hashem's midas in general, and Hashem's midas right now with me. But at the same time, to believe that A, it's the right thing, it's all good, and even if I don't understand the right, or whatever I think may or may not be exactly what it is, but I believe that this is where HaKadosh Baruch has taken me in my thinking. So you try, you tr- we try, if we're going to use the balanced approach, we try to understand as much as we can. All, of course, as much as you can, always together with, I trust the Kaddish Baruch Hu that he know that maybe this is not exactly what he thought, maybe this is what he thought, has to come with the moon and be talking at the same time. Meaning almost the rational thinking in a certain way, in a certain way, if we can understand this, is like Hishtadlis. We haven't really developed, we're going to discuss more the concept of Hishtadlis and be talking together. Because it's really not two, it's really one. That's too much right now. I don't think we've built that up, built this up yet. But for the time being, we have to just try. Right? We haven't finished the whole Sefer yet. We're still working on creating our minds fresh. So we're not going to be able to fully grasp everything as we're going. That's just the way it goes in life. But for now, is to, to try. Try to understand. With my God-given messenger of my brain. And understand, it's my God-given messenger as a brain. Understand because are you saying that we should? I thought we were always told not to almost be. <clears throat> Let's say something happens to me. 
I, you know, you read all these things, oh, something happens somewhere in the world, and then all these people are writing, well, it's because Shmir Asenayim, it's because this Lashon that's why this thing is burning over there. And then you hear Rebbe saying, oh, this, whatever. <laughs> right. As we say, yeah. So, if something happens to me, mm-hmm. I'd like to know why, but, but you, you, I mean, that's a rabbit hole that you just don't get out of. Because I looked at this, I, this happened, or because I... I ran too fast. I was too slow to come to Minyan. I got a clap on my leg. So this, this is the same, this is what I was saying, is the same sugar we discussed, I think it was two weeks ago, when we discussed, I don't know if you were there, maybe, the difference between Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov's approach to Emun and Bittachan. No questions. Don't be Mahar Acharev. That was Gufa, Avram, Venus, Madrega. And then Moshe Rabbeinu, who's Mamish Mahar after Kodesh Baruch The Kedusha. He went after Akadosh Baruch and he tried to understand and he grappled with the Bariolim. You don't say the Alpha's doing such a thing. Avram Vinu one time. But after that, nothing. So we gave this, we discussed this year. It's, it's the same as this really. It's a combination of both. And we have to know that it's not so simple. We said the combination is Davin Amelch, where he did both. So if a person is nervous that if he goes into that rabbit hole, he won't get out, then this person should be going with the Amun Bitochen. I trust the Kaddish Because I know, speak this out, I know that if I try to understand, I might get in trouble with myself. And Kaddish says, for you, you're doing the right thing. But for another person who could go into that place and not become depressed, or he might not, or he can come up with an understanding of what happened here. Again, we're being very, very general. We can't go into details in, in, in the setting. But he could go into that place. He knows himself. He could go into that place at the same time still have a moon and be talking. Even if he comes out, I don't understand that I have no rational reasoning. But yet he knows he'll come out with a moon and be talking. So he could go into that place. Or it could be that that, same, that person will at certain times, it will be so clear to that person exactly how things interacted that you say, oh yeah, for here it makes sense. 100%. And then 99% of the other time, or however much, he says, no, you know, I'm not. Each person is going to have to live through his, his percentages. And at the same time, we learned last week that the person can sin and has absolutely no effect on Hashem taking care of us. Because Hashem still takes care of us. 100%. So, How he takes why, care of why us? Are we, why are we busy trying to figure things out if there's no connection? There's a connection. So, so okay. <clears throat> so it's... <laughs> Hakadosh, but we have to. The two old guys of this year. No, and they're the best questions. I'm not saying oh, it's a good question. We have to understand it. When we when we say, let's just go back to last week. I had a half a minute to go through it again. I didn't work on it, but I, I guess this is what Hakadosh Baruch wants. When we say that the cheshbon, I sinned, therefore Hashem's not going to take care of me. We said that is totally sheker. So what is Emes? Slow. Emes is, however I try to serve a Kaddish Baruch Hu, whether I make mistakes, I don't make mistakes, a Kaddish Baruch Hu is going to love me unconditionally like a fa- the best father in the entire world. Now, the best father in the entire world wants the best for his child. Correct? The best father in the entire world who wants the best for his child knows that sometimes... He gives his child, and sometimes he has to hold back from the child. The best father in the world has to have that balance between giving and holding back. Correct? Now, if the child is going on a proper path, the proper path, 
that he's going to become who he's supposed to be. So then the father can help him out, give him nice things, and continue him on his path to greatness. Right? He doesn't have to hold back. The child is doing what he's supposed to be doing on the proper path. However, if the child goes off the path a little bit, the father still loves him one million percent. The father still wants him to reach his greatness one million percent. But if the child is going off, and now you continue to give the child like you were before, well then he's just going to keep going that way. Why would he ever not? So, but that over there is not his greatest potential. There's his greatest potential. So therefore, the father might have to hold back or push the child uncomfortably back into position. He loves him 100%. Everything's great. Nothing changed with the father. It's just that he sees how the child is acting and he needs to maybe change his course of action to help the child. But he loves him unconditionally. Nothing changed from there. So therefore, if we follow the Torah and everything's good, Kajbal loves us unconditionally, he takes care of us, and he can give us all of the chesed, all of the brach, and all the tzlach, so we can continue. But if we're doing things that are wrong, he still loves us 100%, we can still trust him 100%. This is where we need to trust him more. Because he's now going to need to push us back into alignment. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be painful sometimes. But it's from 100% unconditional love. Nothing changed from a Kaddish Baruch so that's why we need to trust him specifically when we're not doing what's right. Because that's when we're going, that's when we're going to be tested in it. Because we're going to see, we're getting pushback. We're like, whoa, 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 what's going on over here? I thought we're not supposed to be making a cheshven of, of uh, well, if I'm doing things right, then I could trust in you and you'll take care of me. No, you, you don't. We have to trust that a Kaddish is going to deal with us. And remember, his hishtadlis in us, a Kaddish is creating our life situations. Who we meet, how we think, how we deal with things. Everything's a Kaddish Baruch to help us because he trusts in us more than we trust in ourselves. Right? If we were up to ourselves, we would be way gone. Who knows where we'd be right now? Not in Eish Kaddish. A Kaddish Baruch who trusts in us so much that he's willing to put him more resources. Right? You have a, you have a, you have a, you have a certain property, whatever it is, an investment. And for most people, it doesn't look good, but you trust in it, Mamish. You, you put resources into it, even though it looks like it's a losing proposition. And then 10 years later, you start laughing at everybody else. Look, I just made it big, and you guys all got out of the game early. Kaddish Baruch never gives up on a Yid. So he's willing to put all the resources in for many years, even if we continue going, going, going. He'll continue pushing, he'll continue pushing us back, because he, Mamish, trusts in us more than we trust in ourselves. So you understand? So that's why sometimes we have to davka especially when we're maybe not doing what we're supposed to be doing. We trust him, HaKadosh Baruch 100%. He loves us 100%. But why is he doing this? Where am I off that I could be doing better? Maybe, something like that. It's also you can kind of compound the confusion or the difficulty a little bit because you don't necessarily know what the right, you know, if you're on the right path or, or not. So you think, oh, I'm, I'm on the right path, but maybe that's not what Hashem intended for you. So he's pushing you back to right path that he intended you know like it, it, it's exactly it's, what it, i mean right it's but, always back to the path he intends right the, the torah is our guidebook we discussed this at one of the one of the chaburas it's so so if we need a guidebook because how do we know ever if we're going the right way so torah the basic guidebook is the torah if you're going according to that that's a that's a good you know litmus test of, of where we should be holding but the trust is always i don't always know 
I think I know. So why am I getting all this pushback? Maybe I don't know here. Maybe I have to be mevata my rotson for Kaddish Baruch's rotson and just get pushed in the other direction. Doesn't Hashem want our tshuva at the end of the day? I mean, is that the ultimate goal? Tshuva is exactly that turn back, to return back to the path. So that could take crying, that could take clopping al chaits, that could take tzedakahs, that could take everything. But that's 100% what he wants. That's exactly what tshuva is. Returning back to the path, the best path for us. But then it is all related, because that's the ultimate goal of what, what he wants from us. It's all related. We have to just trust him. That's the point. Just continue to trust. The pushback and, and, the, and, the, and the smacking us over the head to get back in line, we have to trust him that that's the only way that's going to get us back in line. So the point is, our trust in the Kodesh Baruch our Bitochon, never should change even when we think we're not doing what's right. We still have to trust him because he still loves us unconditionally and he will always guide us back. Does this make sense? Yeah? I'm happy. Thank you for bringing it up. I really had a have in a should I, should I not? I decided this morning I wasn't going to for whatever reason. Kodesh Baruch decides. See? What do I think? I think I'm going this way. He's like, nah, go this way. I said, okay, fine. So we'll go this way. Fine. Okay. So I think we're still, we're still in the note over here. This is a very, very important. I mean, this is, this is the sugi of Das and Amuna, combination of both. So on page 59 on the bottom here, left side, like the third sort of paragraph here, I believe. So the sec- let's go back, let's read the second paragraph again. Belief in Hashem does not automatically generate a trust in Him. And Muna does not necessarily mean bitachon, because faith can be detached. And Muna can be detached with no bearing on how we act, feel or act. Emuna is primarily intellectual. Right? Emuna is, I believe that Hashem ran, created the world, Hashem runs the world. I believe that Akarish Baruch runs a world of Schar and Onish. I believe that Moshe Rabbeinu was the head of all the Nevi'im, right? Yigimel, Animamets. But trust, on the other hand, means that we place our concerns in Hashem's hands emotionally. The difference can be understood in light of the statement of our sages. A, the Gemara says in Brachas, a burglar at the mouth of a tunnel, calls upon Hashem to help him. Indeed, he prays to Hashem for help, having faith that he is the Almighty. But the fact that he has resorted to thievery proves that he did not trust in Hashem in his personal life. A burglar can have a muna, but not bitachon, at least in this situation. Of course, bitachon is not all or nothing. It can be in different situations he has bitachon. Okay. So it's very important to, as we learn, to think about our learning and to have this balance of rational, logical thinking and pulling back and saying, Okay? Good? Okay. So page 59. The author will now review the seven qualities. It should be noted that in this chapter they are not listed in the same order as the previous chapter. Okay. Harishon so the first quality, the Creator, may He be blessed, has more compassion on a person than any other compassionate being. This is the first quality we have to believe first. Have it, we discussed last week, two weeks ago. We have first have to have an amuna that a Kaddish was the Marachim. We have to have an amuna that a Kaddish will created the whole world in a state of Rahmanas, to have Rahmanas on us and to be native to us. That's the beginning to get to the place of bitachon, right? We said, to have, first have a muna downloaded into your head, and the bitachon is downloading it into your heart. Now, I have found 
that when we learn this, I found that in the Ivoda of Bitachon, in the Sugi of Bitachon, that I've, I, Baruch Hashem, have learned the Sefer uh, three times maybe so far, four times maybe. And just in my own going through the sugyas and trying to understand, I have found nothing more in my life personally, again, this is myself, that has connected me to a Kaddish Baruch more than, than, than Bitachon. Through the Sugi of Bitachon, first learning it before I knew Hasidus, and then learning it even after I've learned Hasidus, both in their own way, connects, a per, connects at least connected me, right now I hope it will connect you also, to a Kaddish Baruch Hu in, in so many ways. It opens us up to the understanding of Enon Movado in a way that maybe until now it's only been intellectual. Enon Movado, yes, a Kaddish Baruch Hu is the world. Hayyehoviyah, we sing it. Bitochon really gets you to that place that maybe you've been looking for. Because I get all the questions. Okay, it's Eino Mavada. I get it, I get it. So what? Bitochon answers the so what. <clears throat> Everything in life becomes their Bona Shalom. What was before, I believe that. I heard that. Rabbi's spoken about it. I get it. I learned all the Svarim. Everything is, is Hayovia. There's no place devoid of him. He's everywhere. He's everything. I believe it. But I never trusted it. Bitochen opens up the sugya. So listen to this next line. This is a, a mind-blowing line. I believe. Again, my personal opinion. And it's a huge expansion and explosion in this, in this sugya of life in general. Listen to what he says. So first, the borei again. The, the, the kernel is... HaKadosh Baruch Hu has more Rachmanus than anybody else on me. V'kol ha-rachamim v'chemlo sh'yiyu mizulaso alav kulam heim mirachmei hakel v'chemlaso. Let me translate this. I'm just going to read it straight. In fact, any compassion and mercy that a person receives from anyone else, from anything else, any compassion we receive in life, ever, with no exception, ultimately comes from Hashem's compassion and mercy. When a person comes over to you and says, Hey, how's everything going? You look sad. What's going on? That is, at the same time, this Yid, having compassion on me, which is beautiful, at the same time, a Kaddish Baruch who ultimately is the one who sent him, because a Kaddish Baruch has compassion on me. And he sent this person to be a messenger of Rachamim, Rachmanus, on me. Every time, any time anybody interacts with us in any way, a person holds something back from us. He acts in a way of Gevura. At the same time that this person, the messenger, is acting in Gevura, it's because ultimately HaKadosh Baruch Hu is acting with Gevura. Imagine a person comes, will make a happy, a happy uh, you know, happy muscle. A person comes to give you money. So with his right hand, he hands money. So you should just imagine that Kaddish Baruch Hu, not physical, but he's a puppeteer. He's, there's a stick, right? This guy who's coming to you is giving you money. There's a stick attached to the back of his arm and Kaddish Baruch Hu is pushing him. It's exactly what's happening every scenario of our life, whether it's with people, whether it's with the weather, with your children, in Ruchnius, in Gashem, everything. In fact, any compassion and mercy that a person receives from anyone else ultimately comes from Hashem's compassion and mercy. Not ultimately like 
somehow. In Hasidus, it's that minute. Right? Well, if you're not learning Hasidus, you could say somehow Kaddish Baruch organ orchestrated that it should come to be that this person is Racham on you. But in Hasidus, we know that's, that's not how we look at it. Baal Shem taught us much better than that. The second that a person is giving us or holding back from it, it's a Kaddish Baruch with holding on to him. Ah, you're gonna, someone's going to jump and say, ah, where's Bechira then? Where's Bechira? It's the famous question. We answered this question already. The Bechira is to realize that you're a puppet of a Kaddish Baruch And that's a very high level Bechira. That's not a low level Bechira. That's the highest level of Bechira. Most people don't want to, don't believe that. But that's, that's big. Because, let's just continue, because he, Hashem, is the one who stirs in the heart of that other person mercy and compassion towards him Right this second. So in the bottom here, they, they bring a note, I'm not going to read it, but they explain that the double Lushan, Hashem will grant you compassion and be compassionate with you. The double Lushan is that a Kaddish Baruch is going to guide other people to be compassionate to you. Everyone is a messenger this moment of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, and we're a messenger of a Kaddish Baruch Hu for everybody else. When we speak about the sugi of a messenger, we can speak about it in two ways. <clears throat> Either we look at it as probably until now, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends people, situations into our lives. He like sends them off, like Malachim. Or we could look at it, the sugi of a messenger, in a way we just said. Very important. Like, the, what, is the, what does the, uh, the Alter Rabbi say? He says, Koach ha-poel The Alter Rabbi says, that Kaddish Baruch Hu, the creator, and we're going to go into this again next week, Kaddish Baruch Hu, the creator of every single person, every single situation, he always puts the Koach ha-poel, the power of the actor, the creator, Hashem, in the nifal, in the inanimate, or the human being, we'll say here, compared to Kaddish Baruch we don't, we're inanimate compared to him. So every second that a poel, every second, I'm sorry, that a, that a human being is doing something, that moment, the koach poel of a Kaddish Baruch is coming through him that second. So I just said the same thing twice, just there's before Hasidus and there's after Hasidus. Before Hasidus, we look at it, he's a messenger, he's a shlich Hashem, he's like a malach, he's, Hashem sends him, he's, he, he, he's compassionate to you, or whatever the situation in life is. Hashem ki'ilu separates himself, that's how people look at it. But in Hasidus, it's not like that at all. Kaddish Baruch never for one second separates himself from however he is, whatever he is sending to you. He is there in the face of Haman, he's in the face of Mordechai Tzad. Alright, we should resolve him, Mr. Shem. <laughs> what did I say? That was fast. <laughs> 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 <laughs>